I asked the Tally family if they would sing a song for us today. And little did you know, that's my favorite Christmas song of all time. I didn't even tell them which one to sing. I just said, pick one out. And it's the part when you're called to fall on your knees. Can I just be honest with you? When was the last time you fell on your knees because of what Jesus has done? I mean, have you not done that recently? If you haven't done that recently, now is the time. This is the season. I mean, every day is the season, right? But this especially is the season to fall on your knees. Because listen, life will make you fall on your knees at times, right? We've all been through moments where we have fallen on our knees because we have no strength left. But man, now is the time. Now is the time. Thank you. That that is beautiful. This little girl and her family, I mean, so here's the thing. She's not really a little girl anymore. Like, she's like in middle school and she, you know, but since the first time I met her, um, yeah, so thank you for doing that. I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you, for you guys. We're going to, I only have a little bit of time because we got the kids programs coming up. It's going to be awesome. Uh, It's so exciting for you guys to be here today. Welcome. Uh, my, my name is Pastor Brady Testor. From the, I'm blessed enough to be the pastor of this church. And for whatever reason, you came here today. <laughs> you walked in the door. And so I want you to do me a favor. Just look at the pe- person next to you and tell them, peace be with you. Peace be with you today. Yeah, if you need to do the peace symbol, if you feel like that's, that's cool for you. Whatever you need to do. Don't say peace out yet like you do that after the sermon is over. Don't, don't leave. I, I have had an incredible week. This week, I'll tell you about it here in just a minute. So let's pray. This is from the book of Colossians, and Paul prays this prayer for the church in Colossae, and we're just going to pray this prayer for you this morning. We, the body of Christ, we, me and the people who just love this church and want to make just this place a, a place of worship for you, we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. I pray this morning that these wonderful people have come to grow in the knowledge of God. They might not even knew that that's the reason they came today, but they would grow in the knowledge of who you are and how much you love them. Being strengthened with all power according to, to your glorious might so that you may have, they may have great endurance and patience in this world that we live in, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled them to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. That we get to share in this inheritance that Jesus, the gift of Jesus, brings to all of us who choose to follow him. We have this incredible inheritance, God. I pray that they would experience that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And then there's, a, there's the next part of this, this passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 1, starting around, looks like verse 13. It says that Jesus has rescued us from the, the domain or the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. In Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, I want to I wanna give you a real life example of how this what happens when you come to know Jesus Christ. And I'm going to encourage you today, if, you, if you're here today, say, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I haven't given my life to Jesus yet. I've, I've wrestled with it all my life. I've had bad experience in church or I've had this happen or that happen or whatever. And I have never done that yet. I want to encourage you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because it means everything. So this week, and this goes along with the, this, this we're going we're gonna to talk about who this baby came to be, this baby that is in a manger that grew up to be a savior on a cross, who grew up to conquer death from the grave. Like we're going we're gonna to talk about this Jesus because it's all about him, right? This whole seat is all about him. So we're going to talk about him. But listen to this. This is an incredible story. This doesn't happen every day in my life. I, I wish it did. It, would be, it wouldn't be exciting, I guess, if it happened every day, but it, but it was pretty cool. So I came, went to the YMCA on Tuesday morning, and I wasn't planning on going to the YMCA that day. We went to Bible study that morning at 6 o'clock at Burger King. Man, Ben, it's so good to see you, brother. And that precious lady next to you, just, man, anyway, so I'm ADHD, sorry. All right, moving on. So I'm at the YMCA, well, I was at the Bible study, and then I was getting ready to leave, and I literally was, was getting ready to turn into the right lane there at McDonald's and go home, because I was like, I didn't eat at Burger King. I'm hungry. I should go home and eat. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to go ahead and go to the Y. So I go into the Y, and I walk in, and they said, hey, uh, Brady, someone left a phone number for you. This guy named Richard Burris left his phone number. And I said, I, I don't, not sure who Richard Burris is, but... I get random phone calls all the time, so I thought, sure, I'll, I'll give him a call back. And it turns out that he knew me from the YMCA. We'd see each other, and we had kind of a unique experience together a few years ago. But that's the only time I'd ever really had any interaction with him other than, you know, you, you know how it goes. You see somebody that you kind of recognize, you're like, hey, how are you? And they smile, and you go on. That's it. That, I never, never any more conversation with the guy. But he knew he knew because of our interaction two years ago that I was a pastor, and he knew enough to describe me as the bald guy with the goatee and glasses who had a cross who was always talking to people at the Y, all right? <laughs> at least he didn't say, the guy that's always in the hot tub at the Y, you know, he didn't say that. Um, and so he, so he called because Richard was in the hospital. Richard had taken his wife to the hospital earlier the, the follow, or later in the following week, or the, the beginning week, I'm sorry, the week before. I'm not so sure what I'm saying here. He had taken his wife to the hospital, and she was really sick. While he was there, though, they noticed something was going on with him, and they did some tests, and they found a brain tumor. So here's this man taking his sick wife to the hospital, and they're like, hey, you're even more sick than she is. You've got a tumor in your brain, and we need to remove it. And Richard... Listen, I'll just be honest with you. Richard didn't have this. He didn't have a church family. He didn't have anybody that he could reach out to. He didn't know who to call. And the only thing he could think of was the bald guy with the goatee and glasses that wears a cross and talks to people at the Y. And I, and it's, praise God, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And so he 
calls up there, leaves his number. So when I called Richard and he told me that he was in the hospital, I was like, and he kind of tried to explain the story to me. I really couldn't guess it. Richard, would you want me to come visit you? And he said, that would mean a lot to me if you would. And so just that morning, a friend of mine that's here this morning text messaged me and said, hey, I don't have anything else going on. Is there anything I can help you with today? Uh, this is a true test of this man's faith and desire to serve the pastor. Would you want to go do a hospital visit with me? Nobody gets excited about doing hospital visits, all right? They just, most people don't. If you do get excited about hospital visits, we need to talk more after service, okay? And so he's went, he went with me. So we go in, we go in, and we go into the room. As soon as I go in, I'm like, that's the guy. Now I remember who he is. And he said, I, I, that interaction a couple years ago, I just, I knew you were someone maybe I could, I could call on, and I didn't know what else to do. He goes, I, I've got this brain tumor. They're going to start radiation and chemo. And my wife's sick. Literally, they were in the rooms next to each other. And I just felt this incredible open door to share the good news of Jesus Christ with this man. And listen, this is not something your pastor is only supposed to do. This is something all of us can do. It's a simple message of God's love and forgiveness and his grace. And if you trust in him, you can have eternal life. And life that's eternal starts now and lasts forever. I said, Richard, are you ready to trust in Jesus? He said, yes, I am. And he cried out to the Lord. All he said was, God, please save me. That's it. And man, the joy, and the, it was unbelievable. And then we went next door and we talked to his wife. And I'm a little frustrated with myself that I didn't share the gospel with her. I just didn't, for some reason, the door wasn't, oh, I just didn't feel like she either maybe needed it or what. I don't know. I should have, though. And we, but we prayed over and we left. Guess what? The next morning I go to the YMCA. I see a man that's actually a David, the guy that plays the guitar and sings. His grandfather knows this couple really well. She was in their wedding. And I said, hey, Ron, do you know Richard Burst gave his life to Jesus yesterday and he's in the hospital? What? No, no way. He leaves the Y, goes and visits them. When he gets there, they had taken Diane quickly to the emergency room. Diane died. His wife died the next morning. It was, it was crazy. Like, all, it was like, oh, man, it's incredible high. And then, isn't that life, right? Incredible moments, really hard moments. And then we go back and we visit uh, Richard later on that day. And... Uh, I think Richard knows the peace of Christ now, obviously. He's wrestling, he's grieving for the loss of his wife. But you know what? The thing that he wanted to know the most, is my wife going to be in heaven? Is she going to be there? And I don't know her story. I don't know where she grew. I didn't know if she had an experience. Maybe she was in a kid's program at church one, uh, one time when she was little. Uh, maybe when she was a teenager, she was going through some hard times and a friend shared the gospel. I don't know that. I'm, God, I'm praying that she did. But can I just tell you, would you please make it easy for your family members to know that you know Jesus? Don't fake it. Don't say it just to get them off your back. But to know that you know him. Because if your life is required of you today or tomorrow, the fact that they know that you know Jesus makes all the difference in the world. And the peace that comes with that is unbelievable. But the unrest and the heartache that comes without knowing is, is miserable. You, see, you hear what I'm saying? If you die and I'm your pastor, make it easy for me to do your funeral. I don't want to make up stuff. I don't. I want to be able to stand there and say, I know that I know. Like I know Gene Renolette knows Jesus. And I'm not ready for you to go anytime soon, Gene. I'm just telling you. Just stay around. 
Gene will probably outlive me. <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> Gene will be preaching at my funeral, you know. But he'll know that I, that he, that I know Jesus, you know, so it's incredible. Anyway, this is a great, this is powerful. To be praying for Richard, uh, his wife's funeral is this Wednesday coming up. I don't know if I have a role in it or not, but hopefully I get a chance to, to go and speak. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. We're going to talk about, we just have, we have a little bit of time. We're going to talk about this baby that's more obviously than just a baby in a manger. This is who this baby is. Listen to this in Colossians 1 chapter or verse 15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. If you want to see God, look at the life of Jesus. You get a great picture of it. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Created through him, they were created for him. That includes you and me, ladies and gentlemen. Richard Burris was created for Jesus. And he didn't know it. He didn't know it. He, he got derailed when he was a little boy when a Sunday school teacher hit him in a classroom because he wouldn't be quiet. And derailed his faith for 60 years. 60 plus I never went back to church, he said, ever again because of that. Man, the enemy will use anything to get you off track. He will use anyone to steer you away from this baby who is the creator of all things who created you for him. The enemy will do anything possible. He's working on you right now. Your schedules, your, you know, anything to get you off track away from this Jesus who is all things. Jesus, I wrote this off to the side of my Bible, is kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. He holds all of this in his hands. Created, everything was created by him. Everything. And then he chooses to come in the form of this precious little baby to redeem mankind. It's a crazy way to save the world. But that's what God's plan was. It says that uh, he is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, okay? I am not the head of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. And if I ever try to take over that leadership position, somebody smack me and remind me that, Brady, you're not the head of this church, man. Jesus is. He's just called you to, to follow him as other people are being called to follow as well. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. All right, so he was the first one to rise from the dead. He won't be the last one. Someday he's going to come back, and all who follow him will rise up together to be with him in, in heaven forever. But he was the first one. So that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. 
And through him, listen to this, he, to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And he did it. This is how he did it. I said, I wrote off to the side to reconcile everything to himself. That's what he did. And this is how he did it. He made peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's how Jesus did it. That was his plan to reconcile all things to himself. He made peace between God and man through his blood on the cross. That's that's why Jesus came. To accomplish something that none of us, the rest of us, could accomplish. Listen, Richard said, I've been a good person. I hope I've been good enough. I said, Richard, forget all that nonsense. There's no way you can be good enough. Because he admitted right away, but I've also done some things wrong and I've made some mistakes and things I really regret. I said, yep, that puts you in the boat like the rest of us, man. (laughs) Just like the rest of us. And there's only one person, there's only one way that you can find this peace and his name is Jesus. That's it. There's no other way. And I've bet my whole life on that. Bet my whole life on that message. That this Jesus who was just, do you know that when Jesus came into the earth, like the enemy was not happy about it. He waged war. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, you think I've come to bring peace? Man, I've come with a sword. I have come to defeat the greatest enemy of all mankind, and that is death. And the enemy is not happy about it because his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He would love you to stay in a place of death. And here's the thing, and I'm just going to be honest with you because I just feel like I love you enough to be honest with you. If you don't know Jesus, you're still in the place of death. I know that's harsh, and that doesn't, that's not a great Christmas card. It doesn't, it's really great for the Christmas program. You know, like, hey, everyone, let's sit down and read the story. Okay, by the way, if you don't know Jesus, you're all dead in your sins. All right, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great night. That doesn't sell a whole lot of tickets, right? That Hallmark didn't adopt that, that message. But the reality is, is we must know this about this Jesus. When Jesus was a baby, they tried to kill him. You know why? Because the enemy knew what was going to happen if he grew up. And he tried to take him out early. Do you know that in our society, in our culture that we live in, the enemy tries to take out kids when they're young? 4 to 14, the 4 to 14 window, the enemy comes in and he tries to steal their soul. And it's not like some spooky thing, like he sneaks into the bedroom and sucks the soul out of your kid. You know, it's nothing like that. But instead he uses all kinds of deception to take your focus off of this so that your focus will be on something else or someone else. I'm, I'm guarantee you, if you think back about your own life, this little boy, Richard, was seven years old, and his uncle, his dad died, and his uncle would take him to church. And when he was in church, he had that terrible experience. Instead of a man loving Richard and being a father figure to him, he was impatient, whatever it was, and he harmed, and he wounded this little boy. And you don't think the enemy was a part of that? I guarantee you he was. Because he wanted to derail Richard. But you know what? God's grace is so amazing, and he is so patient with us, he waited till the man was 70 years old to get his attention, because God is relentless about you. He will not give up on you. There is nothing you've done to take God's grace and love away from you. There is nothing that could, you could possibly ever do or say or whatever to not be um, 
an object of his, his love for you. Does this make sense to you? I mean, do you, feel, do you feel like I'm passionate about this? Like this is, we were created for him by him. That's the purpose, to experience his peace. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you as we, as we get ready to, to just be blessed by these precious little kids. I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to, to in, the, in the, the quietness of your own spirit, have I allowed this Jesus to reconcile me with the one who created me? Has Jesus brought peace by the shedding of his blood for me? And ladies and gentlemen, if, that, if that's not true, if that hasn't happened, I encourage you to cry out to the Lord just like Richard in his hospital bed. Say, Lord, please save me. Bring me peace. Give me life that is eternal, that starts right now, because I believe, I choose to receive it and accept it. I choose to believe it, and that it lasts forever, this life that lasts forever. Would you give it to me right now, Lord? And listen, a prayer just like that makes all the difference in the world. It's the difference between darkness and light. <laughs> Death and life. May the peace of God come and live in you and through you to all those that you come in contact with. And unlike your pastor, don't miss a chance to share this good news with somebody that God puts in your path. Don't. Just don't. All right, so we're going to... So get ready. Get your bells ready because when they sing the song, come on, ring those bells. As they are um, getting ready to go, quick little infomercial. If you've never been baptized, if you've never followed Jesus by being fully immersed in water, bearing an old life, raising to walk in a new life, if you've never done that, that's what we're going to do on Christmas Eve day. We're going to end 2017 with baptisms. Or New Year's Eve day, I'm sorry, not Christmas Eve day. New Year's Eve Day. I was thinking, jumping ahead. New Year's Eve Day, last Sunday of the, of the year, we're going to do baptism. So if that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I want to take that next step. That's, I, I, love, I, I love this thought that maybe someday I'll get to baptize Richard. Right here in this church. Or maybe you have to go and do it at the hospital. I don't, hopefully he gets to get healed and come home. But if you've never been baptized, talk to me about that. And then real quick reminder, next week, no morning service, Christmas Eve, candlelight service at 5 o'clock, okay?